Derek Olson here to reconstruct the prehistoric past with you. So in this episode, I am going to read a handful of real newspaper articles from the late 1800s and early 1900s that speak of strange discoveries in North America. You are not going to want to miss this. Uh, but before we jump into this, I want to let you know that registration is now live for our second annual Megalithic Marvels of Egypt tour. It's coming this May 2023, and I want to invite you to join me and renowned Egyptologist and tour guide Muhammad Ibrahim for the adventure of a lifetime. It's going to be a 12-day expedition to see and touch the world's greatest ancient superstructures. And uh, for limited time only, you can still get $300 off by using code EGYPT2023. That's EGYPT2023, all caps, all together. And I hope you will consider joining us. Uh, we're going to see over 20 plus sites. And um, our tour will culminate with a private after hours, two hour long visit inside the Great Pyramid of Egypt, where we will explore every chamber and every passageway. It's really going to be life changing. So uh, click on the link below in the show notes or go, or go to megalithicmarvels.com forward slash tours. Okay, let's get into our topic today. A little background here. The colonists who came to the New World found a thriving culture previously settled by the Native Americans. Uh, but as these colonists pushed westward, they began to discover the remains of another culture that seemed to predate the Native Americans by thousands of years. Uh, giant earthen mounds constructed with an ancient knowledge and mathematics had withstood the ages of time and were found by the settlers unscathed from severe climate conditions and earthquakes over the millennia. Now, while most of these ancient mounds have sadly been decimated and flattened, uh, there's still a few that can still be seen today um, at locations such as the Cahokia Mounds in Illinois, uh, the Serpent Mound in Ohio, and the Pinson Mounds in Tennessee. And there's a, there's a handful of others too. Um, but up until the early 1900s, everyday Americans as well as um, professional archaeologists would often excavate inside these mounds and to their amazement would find the remains of skeletons uh, that measured anywhere from 7 to 10 feet plus, uh, often wearing copper ornaments, some with strange, robust, even elongated skulls, some that would uh, literally slip over the average person's head. And uh, these supposed giant skeletons were also found uh, inside caves, such as the Lovelock Caves, when the uh, bat guano, that's fertilizer, uh, farmers were excavating inside caves for that kind of stuff. They would also be found emerging from like dry riverbeds and riverbanks when the water levels uh, lowered. And right up until the early 1900s, newspapers like the Scientific American and the New York Times uh, we're documenting these discoveries. And I'm not just saying this. Anyone can go to the Library of Congress online and search for these uh, using their keyword searches, and you're going to see these old newspaper articles pop up. I've documented many of these reports, and I want to read some of them to you now. And I'm going to link each of these reports in the show notes of this podcast. 
uh, if you're listening by podcast so that you can actually read these and see the actual newspapers if you want. Okay, let's get to our first article, which comes from the state of Minnesota. And the newspaper back then was called the Bemidji Daily Pioneer. I hope I said that right. That's some uh, town in Minnesota. This is dated October 3rd, 1916. And the headline states, quote, Bone of ancient person unearthed near Spooner may have been giant, end quote. Okay, so here is what this article says, quote, An enlightening contribution to historical data concerning the early mound builders of the Rainy Lake region has been made in the finding of a skeleton of a prehistoric being near Spooner. The skeleton was found on a caved-in bank of clay off the Rainy River. It is well-preserved and is thought to be that of a woman. The bones have been taken to Spooner and placed on exhibition. Physicians who have examined the skeleton declare that it represented a type of early prehistoric persons who were seven feet or more and who possessed an especially large lower jaw. They drew this conclusion because the skeleton found was that of a person of very large stature. The jawbone was wide and its construction is said to be a special gift of nature to the early man in order that he could masticate the coarser, coarser foods which then made up his substance. The skull is very large. The well-rounded forehead gives evidence of considerable development of intelligence among these early inhabitants of the Rainy Lake Territory. The fact that the skeleton was found at the base of the mound established the fact that the being once belonged to a race of mound people builders, several persons declare. The mound at the base of which the skeleton was found was opened about three years ago. But what the skeleton unearthed represents is intelligent, industrious mound dwellers who lived before the days of the Red Man. The skeleton will be sent to the Minnesota Historical Society. End quote. So fascinating article. Again, this is from a supposed seven-foot female skeleton found in a Minnesota mound. And you notice that it talks about kind of the girth of this skeleton. Seven feet isn't super tall, but it sounds like it had an extra large jaw and that the, it says the bones are a very large stature. So this thing um, sounded like it was very powerful. And in the article, uh, the writer themselves is stating that this thing basically predated the Native Americans and belonged to a race of the mound building people. Uh, so very interesting. And of course, it says it was sent to the Minnesota Historical Society. Um, and it said earlier in the article that this thing was put on exhibition. So it would be so fascinating to try to find a picture of this skeleton. And of course, the big million dollar question is what happened to it? Okay, let's get to our second article. This one comes from the state of South Dakota. This is from the Miller Press. Dated uh, Thursday, July 25th, 1907. And the official headline is says, quote, eight foot giant skeleton dug up. Relics of prehistoric times found in gravel pit on Sioux Reservation, end quote. Okay, so let's get into the article, which reads uh, Mitchell, South Dakota, July 20th. Quote, some strange finds have been discovered in a gravel pit east of Okama, out on the Sioux Reservation. 
Since the pits have been opened, nearly 50 skeletons have been found up to the present time. Most of the skeletons have been found buried from four to eight feet deep and all in either a sitting or a standing position. Most of these people seem to be rather small in stature, much below the height of ordinary North American Indian. A few days ago, while digging in the pit, a skeleton of a man fully eight feet in height was discovered in the immediate vicinity of the burial place were found implements of copper and bone. And in each of the graves was found a copper idol about eight inches in length. The gravel beds are dry. And when the bones are exposed to air, they at once crumble to dust, end quote. So this is a fascinating article because it's talking about this gravel pit on a Sioux Indian reservation in South Dakota. And it starts out talking about these 50 skeletons um, that were found. And it says most of these were buried eight to four feet deep, standing or sitting, and most of them to be to seem to be rather small in stature, which it's saying smaller than the Native American Indians back then. Um, but then they find this eight-foot giant skeleton uh, buried with this copper idol. Astonishing that you've got these smaller uh, beings were these like dwarves. And then you've got this eight footer with a copper idol. Very strange uh, article indeed. And um, interesting that they talk about most of these crumbling to dust upon contact with the air. Okay, let's get to our third article, which comes from Pennsylvania and involves a mound. And this is from the 1920s. And this, again, is from the Bemidji Daily Pioneer. Again, I hope I'm saying that right. That's a newspaper out of uh, Pennsylvania, I believe. This is dated November 19th, 1920. And again, just click the link in the show notes if you're listening by podcast to see these actual newspaper uh, headlines. And I also link to the actual um, Library of Congress article so you can see the authentic thing. Uh, the headline of this newspaper article reads, quote, Unearth Skeleton of Giant. And then the subheading says, Bones of Supposed Mound Builder, Those of Man Eight or Nine Feet High, end quote. And here's what the article reads, quote, Dr. W.J. Holland, curator of the Carnegie Museum, Pittsburgh, and his assistant, Dr. Peterson, a few days ago, opened up a mound of the ancient race that inhabited this section and secured the skeleton of a man who when in the flesh was between eight and nine feet in height, says a Greensburg, Pennsylvania dispatch to the Philadelphia Inquirer. This mound was originally about 100 feet long and more than 12 feet high, has been somewhat worn down by time. It is on the J.B. Seacrest Farm in South Huntington Township. This farm has been in the Seacrest name for more than a century. The most interesting feature in their recent excavation was the mummified torso of the human body, which the experts figured was laid to rest at least 400 years ago. Portions of the bones dug up and the bones in the legs 
Professor Peterson declares, are those of a person between are those of a person between eight and nine feet in height. The scientist figures that this skeleton was the framework of a person of the prehistoric race that inhabited this section before the American Indians. The torso and portions of the big skeleton were shipped to the Carnegie Museum. Doctors Holland and Peterson supervised the explorations on the Seacrest Mound with the greatest of care. The curators believe the man whose skeleton they secured belonged to the mound builder class. End quote. So another fascinating article. Again, this one involves a mound in Pennsylvania. But as I stated in the opening of this show, uh, these are actual real scientists um, excavating, scientists and doctors um, with the Carnegie Museum excavating this mound. So this isn't just an everyday average Joe digging through this mound. These guys obviously uh, know somewhat what they're doing and they have permission to dig through it. And um, they say this belonged to an eight or nine foot uh, being. And interesting, they say that it was sent off to the Carnegie Museum. And again, I wonder what happened to this. But again, it's interesting that they say back here again, when was this 1920, that this belonged to the mound builder class. So again, back then, Again, there wasn't the political correctness today in the red tape that we seem to hit today. They just flat out declared it publicly. This belonged to the mound builder class that predated uh, the Native Americans. Very interesting. Okay, let's get to the fourth article. This is coming from Pennsylvania again. Man, lots going on in Pennsylvania. This is an 1885 report. And this is uh, from the Western Kansas World uh, newspaper, dated June 27th, 1885. And the headline uh, says, quote, Erie County Giants, skeletons of men 10 feet high found in a cave, end quote. Okay, let's get into this article. And some of these can be hard to read. They're a little uh, blurry but I'm going to do my best. Here's what it says. Quote, why this man was 10 or 12 feet high thunder and lightning exclaimed farmer Porter in astonishment. The first speaker who has won local distinction as a scientist reiterated his assertion. J H Porter has a farm near Northeast, not many miles from where the lake shore Railroad crosses the New York State boundary line. Early this week, some workmen in Mr. Porter's employ came upon the entrance to a cave and on entering it found heaps of human bones within. Many skeletons were complete and specimens of the find were brought and exhibited to the naturalists and archaeologists of the neighborhood. They informed the wondering bystanders that the remains were unmistakably those of giants. The entire village of Northeast was aroused by the discovery and today hundreds of people from this city took advantage of their holiday to visit the scene. It was at first conjectured that the remains were those of soldiers killed in battle with the Indians that abounded in the vicinity during the last century. But the size of the skulls and the length of the leg bones dispelled that theory. 
So far, about 150 giant skeletons of powerful proportion have been exhumed and indications point to a second cave eastward, which may probably uh, contain as many more. Scientists who have exhumed skeletons and made careful measurements of the bones say that they are the remains of a race of gigantic creatures compared with which our tallest men would appear as pygmies. There are no arrowheads, stone hatchets, or other implements of war with the bodies. Some of the bones are on exhibition at the various stores. One is as thick as a good-sized bucket. End quote. Wow. So this this one's just packed full of excitement. Again, coming from Pennsylvania, this one involves not a mound, but a cave. It talks about 150 or so giant skeletons of powerful proportion that were discovered. And um, these things are up to 10 feet. So much going on here. And again, they're clearly spelling out in this article that these were... Uh, of, a, of another race uh, beyond Native Americans. Okay, and I'll get to our final article here. This is an 1883 report coming from the state of Missouri. And this is from a newspaper called the Kenneber Journal, dated August 18th, 1883. And here's what it says. Quote, what local scientists pronounced to be a human skeleton 12 feet in height has been unearthed near Barnard, Missouri, by the action of rain upon the side of a ravine. The head through the temples was 12 inches. From the lower part of the skull at the back to the top was 15 inches, and the circumference 40 inches. The ribs were nearly 4 feet long and 3 and a fourth inches wide. The thigh bones were 30 inches long and the entire foot 16 inches in length. The, skeletons lay, the skeleton lay on its face 20 feet below the surface of the ground and the toes were embedded in the earth, indicating that the body was either fell or was placed there when the ground was soft. The left arm was passed around the back, the hand resting on the spinal column, while the right arm was stretched out to the front and right, end quote. Okay, so this article uh, talked about the largest skeleton we've read about today, 12 feet in length, found in a Missouri ravine. So fascinating. So there you have it, giants of ancient America. And don't take my word for it. That is uh, newspaper articles from uh, real newspapers from around America documented by the Library of Congress, by our own government. Uh, well, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast and check out my last episode where I just reviewed episode one of the new Netflix documentary, Ancient Apocalypse, uh, that features Graham Hancock traveling to the ancient Indonesian site of Gunung Padang. Until next time, keep exploring.